Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule is in effect on UFC Fight Pass. I'm Steve Kim, joined by Mario Ilya Lopez. Hey, nice reference. More on that later. Shout out to Smoking Tim Frazier and Tino. On the edits, the bout sheet for today's show, it's Shoe York City. And speaking mm. of which, we are scheduled to be joined by that man, Bruce Carrington, on the championship hotline. We have fight preview, news and notes, and ask Mario. But before we get started, we just want to let you know this podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located just 15 minutes from downtown L.A. During the last Monday of the month, if you play No Limit Hold'em, you can win a chance to play on the award-winning live streaming show, Hustler Casino Live. The lucky player will be staked $5,000 to play on the live stream. The winning player must stay through the duration of the whole stream. So stop by and play all your favorite games at Hustler Casino or check them out online at HustlerCasino.com. All right, so let's get started. This past Friday night from the theater at Madison Square Garden on ESPN2. Yes, it was Shoe York City, but the main event was Oshaki Foster retaining his WBC Junior Lightweight title of the world with a split decision in 12 over Abraham Supernova. Uh, let's talk about this fight first. Mario, I thought it was fairly close, but quite frankly, I didn't see a split decision Second half of the fight, I thought the speed and the quickness of Foster kind of pulled away with this fight. I agree. Nova put out a hell of an effort, and both those guys let their hands go. I like that there wasn't many feeling out type rounds. What I really like about Oshaki Foster is he, he's a combination puncher, and he'll throw combinations upstairs as well as downstairs, and he does it seamlessly. And he was able to get that knockdown with 20 seconds left, I believe, in the 12th, which sealed it for me if there was there should yeah. be no talk of any sort of controversy. But again, Nova was game, was well-prepared, let his hands go, caught him with some nice shots, but I thought Foster actually received his shots well. But I thought he's looking sharp. It was a um, really nice performance, especially for a main event. It's nice not to have a letdown. Yeah. So I thought he really stepped up to the plate and good on him. Tip of the hat for a first defense. Yeah, and for shock, the bottom line is this. He said that he didn't have a great weight cut. Not sure what happened from December to now. It was a relatively quick turnaround. And I'll, I'll just say this, though. The value in Oshaki Foster, who's a really good, tough fighter, is the belt. So whatever you did... That made you struggle to make 130 this time? You better change it because top rank signed you because of the championship belt. And the big money opportunities come in unification bouts or if you face the winner of Oscar Valdez against Liam Wilson mm. or the WBA champion Lamont Roach. As we like to say, belts matter. You could say that they don't, but the bottom line is for Noshaki Foster, Mario, he's earning much more money with that belt than he was before. Absolutely. You cannot lose the battle at the scale. All fighters know there's two fights, one at the scale and one in the ring. Oftentimes it's lost before, and top rank, unfortunately, has dealt with fighters that have not been able to win that first fight and come up to this, to uh, and, and make weight. Once you get to that point, especially when you're a champion, you have to make that priority number one no matter what because you can lose everything like that. Yeah, and the mark of a good fighter, as Larry Merchant once taught me, if you don't have your best stuff, Got to be able to find a way. And on this night at the theater, Shock found a way. Mm -hmm. Now, Mario, we got to talk about this. A young man that stole the show at the top of the broadcast. A featherweight, I would say now, contender. He's no longer a prospect. He has graduated with honors. Bruce Carrington with another striking knockout, icing Bernardo Torres in four. Carrington looks sharp. You know, it was a different 
style that I think he's been used to. It took a couple rounds to sort of feel him out. But then once he started to gauge that distance and really understand the rhythm of his opponent, he started catching him with nice um, counters. And when he caught him in the fourth, it reminded me of a young James Tony mm. because he did the shoulder roll, came back with an uppercut, did another shoulder roll, came back with the right hook, and it was pretty. It was pretty right inside. He threw the straight right hand, came back, uppercut, came back, boom, with the right hook. It was so nice. Didn't move his feet. That was some real poise, savvy veteran stuff right there. And that's all she that's all he wrote. Or she wrote, I should say. And the, he, he's got charm on the mic, too. I think he busted out a Mike Tyson quote towards yeah. the end. But which goes a long way in building a marketable star. And I think he's on the brink of now being just that, a young star. I think he deserves to be in the mix with the top contenders at featherweight. That was an impressive fashion. I think it's a delicate, delicate balance. You don't want to move him too fast. But at the same time, you're ready to step him up. So maybe show him different kind of styles. Get a rugged little Mexican in there to throw some a lot of yep. leather. And see how he handles that. But he looked really sharp. And like I said, that little James Tony move was very impressive. The thing that I like about him is the last two fights, he's fought his two best guys. And he stepped up. So as you elevate his level of opposition, he elevates his game. Now, keep mm. this in mind. He's only 11-0 and with seven knockouts, but he's 26. He himself turned pro a little bit later as a plan. He wanted to be a mature individual. Preserved. And be fully seasoned. And... Bruce Carrington is from Brownsville, Brooklyn. So there's a natural pull. And we did a Mike Tyson quote. Yes. And so he was on stage. This was his first ESPN appearance. I've seen every one of his fights on ESPN+. And when you're on a spotlight like that, it's not just if you win. It's how you win. Mm -hmm. It matters. And when he landed that right hand and Torres is sprawled out on the canvas, if you go on social media, there was a buzz about Bruce Shushu Carrington. How you win exactly matters. And I wish the last couple of main events that mm. happened on Thursday night would realize that. Yeah. Because not just for themselves, but for the sport in general. But it was nice to see both um, Oshaki Foster and Shushu step up to the plate and deliver some nice performances. You know, with Bruce Carrington, the highest compliment that I could pay him, he reminds me of a lot of those really good fighters from the 80s and 90s. Mm. He just looks the part. He acts the part. He. I remember growing up, Mario, if I ever saw a fighter whose corner had Lou Duva and George Benton and they're signed with main events, I'd be like, that guy must have been a great amateur. Yeah. He must have a future. He knows how to fight. And if I ever saw a black fighter with the gold cronk trunks and a guy by the name of Manuel Stewart training him, I kind of knew immediately that that guy must be going someplace. He's going to be a tough out. It's the same feel that I have for Bruce Carrington. Now, he told me in Las Vegas, and we're going to talk to him soon, he said, Steve, this year is about activity. Like, in terms of my skills, I want to keep this sharpening him, but I want to develop a fan base. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, he could not have started this year off any better. My understanding is at the Puerto Rican Day Parade weekend, June 8th, he will be at least a co-headliner. Now, he's not Puerto Rican, but he's very New York. Very New York. So, he represents New York well, and he's a charming guy and, and had a lot of charisma. So, I think he keeps performing like that and keeps uh, having interviews like that, I think he's very much on his way. You know, I'm looking at the featherweight hierarchy. For the WBA title, it's Lee Wood. IBF is Venado Lopez, who's oh, with top rank. Tough. And then the WBC is the always awkward Ray Vargas, and the WBO mm. is the tall Girafa, um Espinoza. Ooh, I don't know. I'm not sure Ooh. which guy he's ready for, mm. but I will say this. 
in three that's or four fights. That's a deep fights, weight class now that you hear them right. all loud. That, look, that's a and, deep weight class. And you still have uh, the Cuban that Espinosa beat. That's very talented. Yes, the two-time yes, gold medalist. Yes, that's right. You still have Brandon Figueroa. There's some real names. There Mauricio really Lara. Is. There really is. Who got a little bit lucky this week. But as Carl Moretti said, look, we're going to keep him active. We're going to give him different styles. And every single guy that he faces right now will have more fights than him. I'm interested to see, and we'll ask him, of the champions, who would he prefer to face first? And you know what his dream fight is? Mm. In a way. Well, I think a lot of people's dream fight is in a way right. around that weight class for economical reasons. No, I agree. But remember, in a way, still has some business to clean up at 22. Carrington is a natural 26. And here's the thing. He's got some length. He's got twitch. And he's what I have, what I would call build up power. When he softens you up a little bit, his punches get harder. And I'm, I'm with you on that. I think there's a lot of James Tony in him in a sense that he tenderizes you. He figures you out. Mm-hmm. And then he starts to come downhill. I thought it was an amazing adjustment that a young fighter made. And Tim Bradley talked about this. If you're going to do the shoulder roll against the south ball, here's the problem. That straight left is kind of one of those circuit breakers. Right. And he figured out in round three, you know what? I'm the bigger guy. I'm lengthier. I'm probably a little bit stronger. I'm going to march forward. Well, if you notice that particular combination, because I watched it a few times, he jabbed to the head, jabbed to the body, came with a straight right, missed with the right, shoulder rolled, adjusted a little bit, caught him with the uppercut, shoulder rolled again, and caught him with the looping right. That was so smart. And the way he was able to process all of that and... A couple of seconds yeah. was very impressive for a young fighter. And again, we got to see how he catches. But based on what I've seen and what I've heard about him, I mean, Maury, I've been watching. All those guys you mentioned, those are good fights. Yeah, they are. They are. That would be some really good fights. There's not a bad fight among no. the bunch. And, and the one thing about Bruce Carrington that I've noticed, and I've watched interviews with him for years, back when he was a kid, he always have, has had an uncommon maturity. Like, like a lot of guys with great personality, and you stick a camera in their face, they get really shy. I, I still remember Bruce Carrington coming out of amateur tournaments and someone from New York would stick a camera in his face. And you said to yourself, that kid's well-raised. Like, you could just tell. Now he's just like this becoming this burgeoning young man, and he's crowd-pleasing. He represents New York, and he has a style that I think every ethnic, uh, race, religion, creed would think, you know what, that's a good fighter. Right. That is a good fighter. He transcends because he's such a skilled guy. And he's got a lot of great potential dance partners. Because oftentimes you can have look at Terrence Crawford for right. like a while there. So he's got some fun matchups, potential matchups that could be made. I think I think you you have to be careful how you move him, too. I don't know if he's ready to jump in those deep waters yet. Right. He's certainly on his way maybe by the end of the year. Yeah. I love the fact he said, my matchmakers have told me four fights. And he said, you know what? I actually want five. Awesome. So, again, this is a kid that has a plan, and I don't think he'll ever do one of those fake retirements that last two weeks. I mm. just don't think that's within his mentality, and that's one of the things I really enjoy about Bruce Shushu Carrington, who we're scheduled to talk to coming up in the next segment. All right, so we come back. We join Bruce Carrington on the championship hotline on the three-knockdown rule on the UFC Fight Pass. This podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located just 15 minutes from downtown L.A., During the last Monday of the month, if you play No Limit Hold'em, you can win a chance to play on the award-winning live streaming show, Hustler Casino Live. The lucky player will be staked $5,000 to play on the live stream. The winning player must stay through the duration of the whole stream. So stop by and play all your favorite games at Hustler Casino or check them out online at HustlerCasino.com. 
All right, we're back here on the three knockdown rule on the UFC Fight Pass. And Mario, we got a very special guest making his uh, three knockdown rule debut. Bruce Carrington, the 2023 Ring Magazine and ESPN Prospect of the Year this past Friday, came off an eye-opening knockout over Bernardo Torres at the theater at Madison Square Garden. Bruce, how you doing? Man, I'm feeling great. Um, I'm honestly still on the high right now. It's really uh, something that I didn't expect. But man, I had so much fun in there last weekend, and uh, I'm just super happy with every with the with the outcome and you know all the traction I'm getting on social media. It's it's great right now. Uh, well, congratulations! It was a very impressive victory, and I was really just happy to see a main event that delivered because the last couple of Thursday night fights, man, they turned into like track meets out there. I'm like, oh, we're back. It really is Shoe York City. And I got to tell you, I know you're only 26 years old, but you look very mature in there and very savvy like a veteran. I love that sort of James Tony move when you kind of parried that and you slipped the shoulder, came up with an uppercut and then came back again, boom, with the right hook, right? You set it up like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm a big fan of James Tony. He's like, like top ten one of my favorite fighters yeah, of all time. Yeah, same. But uh, yeah, no, man. Listen, like I, I am 26 years old. I'm, I'm, I am pretty young, but at the same time, I have a lot of experience in the game. I started boxing when I was seven years old. Um, you know, with that, I've been the 2016 Olympic alternate um, for the U.S. team, and then I was actually supposed to be a part of the 2020 Olympic team, but the COVID, but COVID messed up my qualifications mm. to be able to fight and go to Tokyo. So that was pretty unfortunate. But yeah, man, like, listen, I, I've I got a lot of experience, been a lot in the ring with a lot of guys. So the maturity that you see in the ring, it comes from that. Awesome. All right, so Bruce, here's the thing. How long did it take you to memorize the Mike Tyson speech? Because I only remember I want to eat Lennox Lewis's kids. You had the whole thing that down. That was pretty good. Was I pretty gotta good, say, though. that was the articulate. You didn't uh, bobble that at all? That was nice. No, nah, no, nah, I actually did. I fumbled it a little bit in the beginning. Like, but I will say, I remember I, I practiced saying that since I was a little kid. And, yo, bro, it's, it's so funny because in the beginning, you can kind of hear me ramble a little bit. And it's hilarious. Everybody in the comments are talking about it. But it was one of those moments where when you practice for something all your life. And then when it's the moment that you decide to do it and try it and, like, really execute it. And you just kind of butcher it in the beginning. That was one of those moments. But, uh. But, you know, I kind of like I got back into the momentum and I finished strong or whatever. And uh, I'm so happy that I did it because it was the perfect moment to do it. I felt like that fight was like my coming out party. I did what I had to do to, to become the 2023 Marine Magazine and ESPN Prospect of the Year in 2023. But I felt like all the eyes were on me. And I just wanted to do something and to, and to deliver for everybody to remember like, yo, that kid right there is something special. That kid right there is something that someone that I want to see inside and outside of the ring. And I just felt like, you know, you know, reciting Mike Tyson was the perfect thing to do. Even though I didn't do it perfect, I feel like I did it good enough for you to talk about me. Absolutely. You, you, you closed out strong, my man. And it's and it was nice, too, being that you're from New York. The fight was in New York. Obviously, a lot of buzz uh, afterwards. So I often say, too, we talk all the time. It's not just um, winning. It's how you win. The last couple of yeah. performances, you've really been... Uh, impressive in in those victories. You mentioned Mike. You, you both are from Brownsville in in Brooklyn. Right. How how did uh, how did growing up there shape you? I mean, I'm sure it was a little different from when he grew oh. up. Oh yeah, 100. Like he he grew up in a tougher era. 100. Like I like I don't know. I can't even compare my era to his era. Like he had a, like a lot of alphas and a lot of real dogs. Like coming up from when he came up. But 
Um, you know, there were still dogs coming up when in my era, in my era as well too. Um, you know, it, it, coming up from Brownsville is just different from any type of environment. And I truly believe that the New York state of mind is already in its own rough, aggressive, very hustle and bustle. You know, it's 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 just different from anywhere else that I've ever been to. And then coming into Brooklyn, it's it's real. It gets real grimy. And then Brownsville alone, like a lot of people from Brooklyn, won't even walk through the neighborhood of Brownsville at a certain time of night. Man, I used to see like people getting killed right in front of me. I used to see people getting shot and then robbings and all these different type of crazy things happening. Hearing gunshots at three, four in the morning, waking up, waking you up out your sleep. You know, this is kind of an exaggerated statement, but it, it was kind of like waking up to the smell of gun smoke type thing. You know what I mean? So, but you know, Brownsville, it was it shaped me into a certain type of person because growing up in that environment, you got to build a tough skin. You got to learn how to adapt in that type of situation because you can't break down because it'll eat you alive, man. You can't break down the type of type of environment. It's like you got to get with it. Or, you know, you're just going to just get eaten alive. So, and now I wasn't that type of person to get eaten alive. And, uh, but I will say, I don't want to even put too much negativity in Brownsville because people of Brownsville, they support me so much. They've been behind me from the start. And listen, you've seen how the crowd was going crazy, man. Like, I, I love my people in Brownsville. I'm better than no one in, you know, from Brownsville. Every little speck of dirt, I represent that. Every, every little bit of it. Awesome. You know, Bruce, it's interesting. Last week, I saw the documentary that was done on you several years ago, um, and a lot of it centered around uh, the death of your brother and how your family yeah. reacted. And I've been watching interviews that were done with you for years, and you've always had this maturity about you and this intelligence. And that's the thing about being in an area like that that I've always been told. You can either rise above it or it can engulf you. And you've always had this intelligent nature, and you've always what I what I would call an old soul. Where do you get that from? Um, well, I get it. I get it from my dad, you know, my granddad as well, mm-hmm. too. I mean, uh, like my dad, when I was young, he had me around all of his friends growing up. I wasn't really around a lot of like, you know, my peers, kids my age, you know, for the most part of my childhood. A lot of the times my dad had me in the gym. And if I'm not in the gym, I'm hanging out with him. And I'm just having like, you know, real like genuine banter with people his age, you know, and I'm picking their brain and I'm learning from them and them giving them, giving me advice and me going back and forth and we was having genuine conversations. So I felt like with that, I became more mature than, you know, the kids my my, uh, my age. And uh, I think that's where it kind of comes from. I was just always just attracted to their mindset, like the older person to people's mindset, because they were just so wise. They had so much wisdom to give, so much life experiences that they have you know went through i just became a sponge and i just wanted to learn like man how did you get from this and or what did you do to get over this and i I was just a product of my environment excuse me a product of my environment smart very smart take very smart take um you moved to las vegas uh how long did you move and uh and and how do you like it out there how how has the adjustment been i've been back and forth consistently uh out of Vegas in New York since July of 2021. I was getting ready for my pro debut, but I officially made the move last year of March. Um, mm. I fell in love with Vegas, my very first camp out there. Fell in love with it because of the fact how many people, how many boxing people are out there. Like the networking is, is incredible. 
the sparring that I get out there, all of the who's who's come out to Vegas to work, the terrain and the conditions, like the heat, bro. Yeah, like you're not getting that in New York. It's just a just a competitive level out there. It's something that I just was addicted to. So it was like, man, it was a no brainer for me to live out there. And then you know the cost of living different from New York. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> but you're you're a young guy with a lot of energy. Do you find it distracting at all? Because you put me in my twenties in Vegas. I'm that, oh, that'd, be, that'd be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I will tell you, man. I, I don't get distracted by those things because I'm not interested in the whole gambling or, you know, I, like the party scene and nothing like that. Good, I, I'm good, really good. locked in. I'm really, really locked in. See, I, I told you it. as an old soul. Now, now, I Bruce, be this, honest, though. <laughs> as a New York, one thing about New Yorkers that I've, I've noticed, they are very defensive about their pizza. You make a joke about their pizza that Chicago's better or that Sabaros. <laughs> they, really they really do have some damn good Yeah, pizza, or that Sabaros is, the, water, is yeah. the best. Like, I've gotten death threats on Twitter. Is the pizza better in New York, and do you miss it, Bruce? Uh, well, listen, the New York's pizza is is, is top notch. No, nothing. To, I don't care. People go to Chicago pizza, like, nah, get out of no. deep dish. Get, get That's like a here, cake. Man. That's like pizza cake. All the real Italians, they set they set home in New York for a reason, man. They set their home in New York for a reason, and we got the real Italians, the Sicilians. They made the best pizza, and it comes out of New York. I don't care what nobody say. One thing I will say though, I'm a, I've, I've been on a plant based diet for six years, Ooh. so um, I don't have I don't have that pizza anymore. I don't really have that pizza huh. anymore. But I will say, man, that pizza is top notch. It really is the pizza and yeah. the bagels. Was the plant based diet just a personal decision or for health reasons or? Um, both. Yes, it was both a personal decision and health reasons. Um, you know, for me, I felt like I was you know real sluggish when i was eating where i used to eat like i was a big big burger guy big big burger guy um and i used to love ribs and always different type of things before but i used to notice like i was getting sick like very easily my immune system wasn't the best and chest pains just used to happen and you know medicine i used to realize like i just didn't like the fact how it treated me but didn't cure the mm. things that I wanted to, you know, get dealt get you know get dealt with. So I was like, you know, I gotta I gotta take matters in my own hands and eat the right things. And I remember my first the reason I turned into the plant based diet was I watched this documentary on Netflix called What the Health. I'm not yeah. sure if it's still on there now, but What the Health, that that, that uh documentary, it was like life changing for me. Me and my father. So we went cold turkey that day. Wow. And we were That's like, impactful yeah. doc right there. <laughs> Maybe you should watch that, that Kim. Yeah, shut up. Kim's ass just be eating burgers shut all up. day. Shut up. Fucking Mexican food. Don't listen to him. <laughs> no, I'm Yo, just. Remember the time that I turned plant-based? Man, it was super tough. Like, there weren't that many plant-based restaurants out yeah. there or many restaurants that had vegan options. And, like, it was super tough. But, you know, I kind of, like, you know, just had a strong mentality. And I was just like, listen. I got to start just cooking at home or whatever. And then once like the years went by, all of these different restaurants started to come up and it just became easier after a while. Yeah. Listen, there's like a whole plant-based community out there right now. And, and listen, I'm super happy about that. Good for you, man. Right on. So Bruce, I, I talked to Carl Moretti on Saturday and he says, looks like you're going to be earmarked for June 8th, uh, part of the Puerto Rican Day Parade Weekend Car Top Rank does all the time. Here's the question I have for you. Um, how do you stay focused in Man, between? Because be now there's a buzz about you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, listen, I, I have certain people around me for a reason. Um, 
first thing, though, I definitely pray to God to keep me humble. I, tell, I pray to God to keep me humble. You know, the most high, he, you know, with, without him, I am nothing. I am, I'm just, you know, a vessel. I, I just follow his plan. But other than that, man, I, I just, you know, just he, Jesus takes the will. But, you know, other than that, man, like I have my fiance behind me. She keeps me locked in. Um, I have my coaches behind me, keep me locked in, my family. You know, I, I really have certain people around me that keep me focused, that keep me humble, keep me grounded. And those are the main things that help me continue to go forward day by day. You seem like a real grounded individual, man. I really uh, am impressed. I'm glad we got the opportunity to talk. One last question for me. Yeah. Um, of the champions that are in your division, who mm-hmm. would you like to face first? Uh, to be honest, man, it's any mini money mogul for me. I, I'm I'm with anybody. I, I, I'm ready for anybody. I don't want to act like I want to put a name out there to just even try to give that person a little extra card or whatever because my interest is really just to take over the sport of boxing. It's just anybody that steps in that way is just going to be in trouble when the time comes. But I am ready for anybody and everybody. I've already stepped in a ring with uh, a couple of the champions in sparring, and they know what's up. <laughs> so uh, when it's time, and so when it's time for uh, us to step in the ring officially in front of, in, in bright lights, I'm going to be even more of a complete fighter, and it's going to be a scary sight for anybody that steps in the ring. Bruce, is the goal to have a belt by a time a certain Japanese fighter who goes by the moniker of the monster moves up to 126? Is that the big dream fight for you? Um, that is a dream fight for me, 100% sure, like 100%. Um, but I will say I'm on my own path. If the fight don't happen, the fight don't happen. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to, I'm not chasing that fight, but that is a fight that I would love because I like to challenge myself. I see myself as the best, but they call him the best. I want to shut all them daughters down. I want everybody to know that Shu Shu is going to take over the world, man. It's, it's going to be, it's Shu York City right now. But it's gonna be it's gonna be this shoe world once like once it's all said and done, and um, yeah, man, I want to I want to test myself against guys like that. I want to test myself against you know in a way or whoever the the best of the best is when it's uh, when the time comes. I want everybody to look at me as one of the greatest. When they mention Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather, uh, 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 Muhammad Ali, Bruce Shushu Carrington will be in conversation when it's all said and done. Go from Shoe, New York City to La Shoe. La Shoe, yeah. <laughs> so, Bruce, right, before we get out of here, uh, uh, you're a New Yorker, so there's split loyalties all the time. Real quick. All right, Yankees or Mets? Ooh, don't do me like that. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, man. I, I, I love the Yankees, though. The Yankees. Okay. Sure. Jets or Giants? Giants. Okay, that's a, they have Super Bowls. All right. Uh, okay, let's go hockey. Islanders or Rangers? Oh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Oh, I'm not on the fence with that one. I want to say, let's go Rangers. Oh, I like Rangers. that. What about Nets or Knicks? Net, Nets, Nets or Knicks? Knicks. Oh, what, Knicks. what team's over, in Brooklyn? Over Brooklyn. Over okay. what team's yeah, in yeah. Brooklyn? I love Brooklyn. I love, I love, I like, I like, I like the Nets. I like the Knicks. But, but you grew I'm up with the Knicks. Knicks. Yeah, yeah, you grew up with the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, cool. for sure. Yeah, I appreciate yes. the loyalty. Yeah. Well, my man, let me yeah. tell you, very impressive. 
and tell your dad he did a really good job. And keep up the great work and stay focused. I look forward to seeing you fight in person when you get out here. Come and visit us. Yeah, I'm going to make my plans for June 8th. I'm going out there. I haven't been to New York in a while. Bruce, when you're in L.A., let us know. We'd love to have you in studio, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, For sure, for sure. I'll definitely hit you up, Steve. I'll definitely hit you up. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. You got it, buddy. Mario, it's been a pleasure, man. Again, big fan. Oh uh, man, I, this is this all this stuff. I'm living. Listen, I'm living my dream right now. This is a hey. dream come oh, true. Oh wow, Mario, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, he's on his yeah. way. Yeah. Congratulations again, buddy. Thanks a lot, Bruce. Good Appreciate you. you. Soon. God bless. That's all right, awesome. that is Bruce Shushu Carrington, an impressive young man, an impressive young fighter. We'll be back with more of the three knockdown rule on the UFC Fight Pass. This podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located just 15 minutes from downtown L.A. during the last Monday of the month. If you play No Limit Hold'em, you can win a chance to play on the award-winning live streaming show Hustler Casino Live. The lucky player will be staked $5,000 to play on the live stream. The winning player must stay through the duration of the whole stream. Stop by and play all your favorite games at Hustler Casino or check them out online at HustlerCasino.com. And we're back on the three knockdown rule. And again, if you want to sponsor our fine program, please info at boxbid.io. Uh, please email if you'd like to sponsor our fine program. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. Boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon that helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships. We are proudly working with boxbid.io. IO Mario was Bruce Carrington as advertised I really like that kid I'm a bigger fan now I, I, yes he's an impressive fighter but he seems to be even even more impressive young man just articulate bright very mature all the things we already said I love the relationship with him and his father then they moved out there to get even more focused in Vegas that's like um Almost sort of a blueprint that you want young fighters to sort of follow. As they say, he gets it. And when I spoke to Bob Arum last week about Carrington, he said he's an absolute pleasure to work with. And he said, he doesn't give us a lot of shit. I love the guy. So anyway, uh, moving on. This past Friday in Mexico on the zone, what a comeback, a salute, a tip of the cap to South African Sivanathi Notchinga with a you. knockout in 10 over Adrian Curiel to regain the IBF light flyweight title. Now, the last time they met, November of 2023, Notchinga was blasted out in three. And I'm thinking, oh boy, now you're going to Mexico mm. to face a Mexican on his home turf. First three, four rounds, it looked like he was going to get run over. I mean, he's getting beat up on the inside, body shots coming, but the South African didn't do one thing. Didn't read the script. And then all of a sudden, his hand speed, I'm thinking, wait a minute, what's going on here? This guy's not trying to win, is he? And he pulled it off one of the best fights of the year, and what a fighting spirit this guy had. Congratulations. Well, well it's ironic because his name is Nochinga, like, don't fuck with me. Nochinga. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, moving on to the fight preview. Bonsai, this Saturday morning, uh, set your alarm clock, or for you, Mario, just, just watch it when I tell you to. Uh, Tokyo, Japan on ESPN Plus for the WBA Bantamweight title. Takuma Inoue, the brother of the monster, takes on German Ancajas. And the guy that I'm really looking forward to for the WBC Bantamweight title, Alexander Santiago takes on Junto Nakatani. Also, Kosei Mm. Nataka will be fighting for the WBA Junior Bantamweight title. Junto Nakatani last year had the knockout of the year against one of the Maloney brothers going for his third world title. And Mario, he's trained by the great Rudy Hernandez, who's told me for about a year and a half. He goes, Steve, in a way, is an all-time great. He told me that five years ago. He said, Steve, I think he's the best fighter. Well, he got he has a good eye. He and he says, Steve, I know I'm biased, but I think Nakatani's the best, second best fighter 
from the land of the rising sun. Wow. He's tall, he's lanky, he's southpaw. And this is what I love about what Junto does for the last five, six years. Spends about five to six weeks in America, much the way Hamza Shiraz does. Right. Guys like that have a purpose. They have a focus. You know, they're serious. They, they want to acclimate. Right. And they exactly. get better from it, though. And the one thing about Junto, he's getting better fighting off the ropes. And I saw a sparring session that he did about six, seven weeks ago at Manny Robles' gym. I could see the seasoning. Because mm. a lot of fighters, when they face a certain style, you almost get the sense they've never seen that style. Right. You come to America, I think you see every style. You're exactly right. Even though it is a truly global sport, like yeah. we've discussed, soccer, football, I should say, and boxing really are the true global sports. When you're world champion, that's really a, a world champion as opposed to Super Bowl world champions are the only country that, that plays it. And specifically, I would say L.A., maybe I'm a little biased, no but doubt. I think you get the, the highest quality of fighters here over New York, over Detroit, over Chicago, over Miami, wouldn't you say? Is that funny fair to say? funny you say that. Well, Bruce Carrington is a New York guy who came out west. Go right. West, young man, right? Right. Paul even Mal- over Vegas, I would yeah. say, though. Well, I would even say Yeah, that. but I, I would say West Vegas, Coast. Vegas, there's a lot there, yeah. too, but I'm saying just In as, L.A., yes. As a you, you got yes. Robert Garcia's gym. You got the wild card gym. You got Joe Goosen's gym. Manny Robles' gym. Right. even Brickhouse. Uh, a lot of guys. stuff going on at Brickhouse. Yeah. Big Bear. So within a 100-mile radius, right. I remember about seven, eight years ago, I did a story on Pauly Malignaggi and Kid Chocolate, Peter Quillen. They I were remember. both with Eric Brown, our good friend out there in wild card. And Paulie Malignaggi said, Steve, I know there's a great reputation with New York, with Gleason's gym, but here's the problem. He goes, Steve, there weren't as many fighters as you thought. Hmm. That certain gyms were really about the white collar. He goes, Steve, there are more fighters in L.A. that I could spar with around my weight class than I could get anywhere in the Big Apple. So, yes, this really has become the epicenter, at least in terms of getting solid, consistent world-class work. Also, later that evening on The Zone from Orlando, Florida, Edgar Berlanga takes on Patty McCrory. Mario, I saw some uh, footage of McCrory. Not bad. Not a bum. I think he's a pretty respectable, solid guy. He's going to have to survive the first three rounds and use his counter-punching shots. Berlanga is going to have to show me something because Ever since the time that he fought a Coceres, where he got knocked down, you're at that card. It was mm-hmm. Fury Wilder 3. Doesn't it seem like that Edgar Berlanga has consistently just kind of slid backwards? He started off so hot where every fight was a knockout. There in was, one round. Correct. Which may have hurt round. his development, actually. Well, not just hurt his development, but his brand. People were starting to say, oh, he can fight Canelo next. And they were that was actually yeah. it was bandied about. And then, ever since that fight, I don't know if he got... Um, complacent or complacent or yeah, complacent you're right. or then you have rappers and fat joe and all these guys kind of giving them love which is great but you got to stay focused you got to stay like shushu you got to keep your eye on the ball and you got to keep working hard i don't know what when i think he's young enough to write the ship we'll see if he's in the right direction this uh, i weekend. will say this he's now moved out to florida i think that's a good move okay and he realizes that hey um the reviews have not been raved this is what i'm being told if Mungia, Jaime Mungia, does not get the Canelo fight, and we're not going to find out for another week or two. The zone is strongly suggesting to both Matchroom and Golden Boy. I love that. That we make Mungia Berlanga. Oh, I love that. You love that? Wepa and Orale. Yes. yes that, that, that is a great slugfest. That's great. Between two young guys. The winner of that, now you're thinking, okay, now you're legitimate. You've graduated absolutely, a little bit. Absolutely. And then now you're in line for those Canelo Benavides, the, the chance yes. to get louder. 
Uh, Mario, it was announced last week, and they had a very heated press conference today on Monday. The rematch, Josh Taylor versus Jack Catterall, April 27th. Mario, for us in the States, and I know it's still big over there, does it feel like spoiled milk? Yeah, it's, it's it's a little late. I think I'd still like to see it, obviously, being being a fan. But I think it is a bigger deal across the pond. It'll probably still do pretty good business. Think about the last time that, that they fought was the beginning of 2022. We really thought Josh Taylor was top five or six pound for pound. We thought he was the elite of the elite. Yeah. You actually thought that, hey, you know what? He could actually give Crawford a good run. But here's the thing. I thought he got beat that night pretty handily. I thought it was a bad decision. And then he doesn't fight. And then he gets handily beaten by Teofimo Lopez. So, again, when I say spoiled milk, it's more about Josh Taylor. Catterall's done his job. And they they signed the rematch last year or a year or two ago. And then it was canceled. So, again, I think this is one in America. It's a tough sell, but maybe they don't care about that. If Taylor is able to look impressive and pull out a victory, then I think he's right back in the Then mix. he's back. Yes. Then he's back. And again, let's see if he can make 140, though. Right. That's the question. Yes. Uh, Mario, Golden Boy Promotions made an interesting signing. Um, junior middleweight, who's undefeated, who I believe is a solid workman, Charles Conwell, mm-hmm. has signed a multi-fight deal. He's a junior middleweight. He's a good, solid, physical, tough fighter. You know who's also now a junior middleweight? Virgil Ortiz, me gusta. Me Let's gusta. make that fight down the line. Me gusta también. And also, <laughs> Zerto Ramirez, uh, one of your uh, gym mates at uh, Brickhouse Boxing, looks like he's going to be fighting for the WBA Cruiserweight title March 30th at YouTube Theater against Arsene Goulamarian. Ooh, we're going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's a busy day that weekend. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the of the program. Uh, here's one from Fan of Boxing. Hey, guys, where can I get some three knockdown rule gear? I'd like to get me a beanie or a hoodie. And, and what do you know? hoodie on right now. What do you know? What a coincidence. Yeah, I look more chinito than Kim, though, right here. That's the and ironic the thing. It does. <laughs> the wigs are tight on yeah. both of them. We still we still have these? Threeknockdownrule.com. Just Hook spell it, up. it out. And they're With good the, quality, too. Yeah, oh, highest quality. Good looking out. Oh, you could sleep on them. Just like velvet. It's like velvet. <laughs> so, again, the number three, threeknockdownrule.com. Plenty of sizes, colors, male, female, all. All that stuff. Here's one from Canada, Chris. Does Tyson Fury showing off his quote unquote new physique seem like smoke and mirrors, much like how Muhammad Ali did the same prior to the Larry Holmes fight? Please disregard if Mario is too young to remember 1980. What that? But you're not. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think Fury is one of those guys when motivated. Um. He's about as tough and out and as dangerous as they come with his size, his athletic ability, even though, like I said, he's built like a bag of milk. My guy knows how to fight, and I don't think he fears anyone. I think he didn't train an hour for Nganu fight, just thought this guy, which makes sense. A guy who's never fought before, pardon me, not fought before, never boxed Boxed. before, because he's definitely fought. And he actually did have a boxing background, but not to the level of a Tyson Fury. He underestimated him, and he looked well-prepared for that clash of heads with Usyk. So, um... I don't think it's just smoke and mirrors. I think he's the real deal. Tyson Fury's the type of guy that his effort is absolutely determined by his motivation. Right. And here's the other thing. With Muhammad Ali, the stuff that I've read, the stuff that I've seen and researched, I believe he was taking some sort of thyroid medication, and he was taking a lot of things to make himself look slimmer. 
but the insides were bad. Mm. It was just a complete facade. That fight never should have been made. The 30 for 30 about that particular fight is one of the saddest things. Actually, an indictment on the sport. Mm. Ollie should have been retired probably at the very latest, the second, the the, the rematch with Leon Spinks. That well, should have been the end. They shouldn't have even licensed him. It's just sad because that's when economics starts to take over and people turn the other cheek. Uh, the sporting page. What got you into boxing? What got me into boxing was my grandfather used to fight in Mexico and he was into watching the fights and so was my other grandfather and my dad. So we didn't watch football or baseball or basketball growing up. We watched, we watched fights because you know why? There was a lot of Mexicans fighting. (laughs) So we watched it and that was was sort of our bonding time. And so that's how I got into it. Because my old man. For me, being a child of the 80s, like you and I both were, boxing was ubiquitous. It was on all three major networks. Big fights mattered. Um, this past weekend, I was bored, so I actually watched The Kings again on Showtime about the Hagler, Hearns, Leonard Duran era. Oh, yeah. And it was in that era when they fought, the, the fights were so big that shows like Today and Good Morning America used to send their crews over. And remember, those fights were on a Monday or Tuesday or Thursday nights. So they would send Dolph Lundgren to be the special correspondent to interview both guys. And then after the fights, the next morning on Good Morning America, guys like Hagler and Hearns would be sitting right next to each other um, doing an interview, waking up at 3.30 Pacific time. So the fights were bigger. And then also in that era, boxing was not this niche. It was actually still a major sport. I think we're the last generation to ask kids that was the case. No doubt about it. That was the case. And when everything was, was now pay-per-view, now yeah. streaming. And so, again, I'm not saying it should be like that, but I wish it was. Uh, here's one from Kevin the Trucker. Uh, what has happened to the NBA All-Star Weekend? Never in the 80s or 90s would a white guy win back-to-back dunk. Con- Hold on. Brent Barry won it back in the mid-90s. Here's the issue, though. I remember that. Mario, um, if you see the coverage of what took place this weekend, it is sad. There's no effort. The, 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 the players do not care. Um, I remember growing up, it would be a big deal because the dunk contest had Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, Clyde Drexler. Three-point contest really mattered with Larry Bird. All-Star weekend. I used to go. I went to about seven in a Did row really? in the 90s. Why? Early, I'll never forget. Because, well, he was there, I think, a couple of times. Just Urkel a had a nice crossover. But because when I was on Saved by the Bell, was in NBC. The uh, NBA All-Star game was always on NBC. That's right. So I'd go out there and I'd do a lot of the activities. I'll never forget one time. I'm waiting for the elevator, and who comes out of the elevator? It was Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Sean Kemp, and Clyde Drexler. All four of those guys. So, And then I was just like, whoa, you know, as a kid. I was, it was like 92, 93, so right in there. They were all in the prime, right? Coming out and um, uh, and seeing all them. But no, they used to have an effort. They used to play. Yeah. It was. I remember one time it was in Salt Lake City. I went back to Carl Malone's house when it was there. It was in he won the MVP that year. He did. And when went and I went in Minnesota. We went to Prince's house and went to Paisley Park. Mm-hmm. He did a concert. I got a lot of great All Star stories. Yeah, the only All Star weekend festivities I watched this week, Mario, and you actually called me about 15 minutes before the fights were going on air. You were with your father. Um, the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game was on before boxing. Oh, that's right. So starting at 6. Dude, Cuckoo Pakua, dude. Yeah. What's his name from the Rams? Well, Ma- Micah Parson, he can ball. So can Cuckoo. Yeah. And, his name Cuckoo? I hope I'm yeah, not messing up his name. Pakua. 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 Yeah. But uh, that, uh, yeah, the Hawaiian kid yeah. from that, he got tops, yeah. he can play too. And Parsons can ball better than he stops the run just a joke but anyway so the game ran just a little bit long and something okay it's 602 let's get to new york it's bruce carrington time i want some shoo shoo in my life 
They did a whole 20 minute post. I'm like, bro, it's a celebrity game. I know. I was <laughs> oh, like, guys, you're torturing me. All right, yeah. one last question here. Um, from Matty Rolls, can you remember a time when 154 and 160 was so devoid of talent, minus a couple of names here or there, it's a wasteland, don't you think? Mar, here's what I think happened. You know happened. what, I kind of agree in the sense that yeah. when you were just rattling off all the champs at 126, I was like, ooh. Solid. What a solid division. Even 135, we've got. And they actually that. fight, though. That's the thing. They right. fight. Correct. You know why? They don't have a choice. Exactly. Right. They want to get paid. And then 154, 160, it's like, it does seem Charlo like, has not defended his middleweight title in a couple years. And I think Janabek you know, is the new boogeyman in that division. Right. No and then let's, mess with let's be honest. Jaime Munguia has turned down three title shots. Okay, Carlos Adamas, who well, I feel... he's 168 now, so let's okay, see if he Yeah, goes. you're right, but at 160, he Correct. turned down multiple title shots. We have to be fair. Carlos Adamas, who's a rugged, tough guy. He's been number one for a year, and no one wants to help him because he's with the PBC, who's trying to protect another PBC oh, fighter, see. and the WBC is in bed with the... I mean, it's like... Politics. Politics. More politics than uh, the GOP and the Democrats. And there's other fighters, but you're right. Janabek is a guy who's dying to unify titles, Everyone treats him like he does not exist. No, it's like he's got COVID. <laughs> I'm hearing that Terrence Crawford may actually be considering going up to 54 to fight Tim Zhu. Sign well, me been, up. We've been saying that would be a major, major move. I'd love to see him fight Zhu and then Janabek. Right, but yeah, it, it, this has not exactly been the Julian Jackson, James no. Tony, Roy Jones, Gerald McClellan era between all. and Mike McCallum, the greatest I've ever seen at fifty four mm. in that region. Terry Norris, I like the oh Terry too. Norris, right? Terrible T. Uh, final flurries, Mario. Give us a rundown of UFC two ninety eight. You were cage side, so it was interesting because it was down. At the Honda Center in Anaheim, and I took my dad, who just turned seventy-five. Never, Happy birthday! To never, that yeah, bato. shout out Orale. to pops there. Orale. He had never been to an MMA event, dude. He loved it. Oh. He loved how the crowd was so into it. How the fights? There was no downtime in between the fights. All the action that was there. He's like, I was really impressed, and obviously he wasn't familiar with any. And of the he's fighters old school and all Vato that. Mexican. And he's an old school Vato Mexican. Oh and I'm my like, god! Wow, oh boy. they did a really Uh-oh. good job. We're, if you get an old timer like my dad, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, that's a sign. That's a sign. He loved it. He loved it. Oh boy! And it was a hell of a card. And shout out to Ilya Taporia from Spain, España. Knocking out in impressive fashion our boy Volkanovski. How big of an upset is that if it was? It was an upset. When I saw the I result, I was I, like, ooh. I called it, and for a reason, I'll tell you, he was he was a fight. He went up a weight class and he went back down. You know, it doesn't mm. bode, and you know it doesn't bode well uh, in boxing, and I feel the same in MMA. And that combined with the fact that Tapori is a bad dude. Probably the best boxing mm. in MMA. Only has thrown one kick in all of his fights. Isn't that weird? But he, he defended a lot of them, but he's only one low kick. But he he knocked him out, setting him up with a jab to the body, straight right hand, a big mm. left hook to count it. So shout out to him. Very, very impressive. Um, you're going to have to come with me one of these times. It was a good time. Wow. And it, here's the other thing. With the UFC, we timed it one time when we were watching a show uh, at your crib, as the kids say. When the UFC has a fight end, it's generally about 12 to 15 minutes before the next fight gets into the ring. If that, I had to run to get a drink. Right. To come back well, in time. You got sources. Tell Dana, lay back about 10 minutes, okay? <laughs> in boxing, no matter what the fight is, it doesn't even have to be a big pay-per-view. It's like, I just tell people... Go shopping. You can go drop. Go drop off your kids. You can, at, yeah, whatever. You I mean, go, you, yeah, no, it's a whole I thing. Mean, the, that, it, it was in and out of there. Yeah. We were in and out of there. And it's still, you're still there three hours or whatever, but it's mm. all fights. Yeah. It's all fight, even the undercard. So, yeah, it's very impressive. So, Mario, you have an electric car, and those things, in theory, are so good. 
until you drive one. What happened? Dude, I'm not getting so frustrated. I love the not paying for gas and being able to drive in the diamond lane without having anyone next to me. But I I guess even when you're just idling, it burned. I I misgaged the how many miles it has left. And it's not like, you know, when you're on E and a gas, you still have a couple miles left. No, no, no. It's like a phone. You go on E, it shuts off. It's dead. Dead is dead. dead. No. So (laughs) for tooling around town, it's fine. If you're going to go long distances... Uh-oh. That's what the wife's yeah, got to keep a gas that, one. Though. Yeah. I know, but I thought I had my gauge figured out and something's going, I'm just having issues with it. Now you put me in a bad mood. <laughs> you know what I love about my Nissan? My Nissan, I know when how much miles. Nissan Sentra. Yeah, I my Datsun. Oh, when I ride when I ride my Datsun, I know I'm I, it's okay. I don't need one of those plug-in things. I just get gas. All right, get gas. You have <laughs> gas is what you mean. Come on, fool. All right, well anyway, that's it for this week's edition of the Three Knockdown Rule. We'd like to thank Bruce Shushu Carrington for joining us and everyone else that made this show possible. Yes, big shout out, Smoking Tim Frazier and Tino on the edit. So till the next round, next week on the Three Knockdown Rule. Goodbye, everybody.